Hi, y'all. It's Angela, and I'm back today to share an amazing story with you all. I am talking with Ellie. She is the founder of Booty Bag, and if you don't know what Booty Bag is, you, you will know all about it by listening to this podcast of Business Unveiled. And so a little backstory before I bring Ellie on. I was at a women's retreat for the entrepreneur organization in Napa over a year ago. And it is an organization of entrepreneurs that, you know, they have a certain amount of sales, but really it's all about helping each other. And helping each other through mainly the not so good times. And it's like, oh, shoot, I don't know what to do times. And the structure and the value and the people that I've met through this organization is absolutely priceless. So when I was in Napa, um, it was a couple hundred women entrepreneurs, just very powerful. And I remember sitting down at this table and we were getting ready to hear a speaker. I think it was all about wine. I can't remember. But um, Ellie and I just started talking and she started sharing her story with me and she was a newer member in EO. And I thought, wow, this is such an amazing woman and a young woman entrepreneur and who knows the value of not giving up. And so when we reevaluated who we were going to be talking with on our podcast, for Business Unveiled, I was telling Amanda, I'm like, we have to reach out to some of these amazing women that I met in EO and met at Napa because their story needs to be told so that other women and young entrepreneurs, and I don't mean young just in age, I mean young and new in business, not knowing about e-commerce and not knowing about a membership model. Like these are the valuable things that you can listen to Ellie's story and it's real and raw. Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host, events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Business Unveiled expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals, where we take you behind the scenes of our past experiences in the creative industry and share with you what we have learned from them and how they have made us stronger. This podcast will help you grow a productive and profitable business to launch you into success within the creative industry are you looking for a community of like-minded people to help you GSD? That's get shit done for your business. Well, guess what? If you are serious, and I mean serious, about being a leader as an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a small business owner, whatever you want to call it, you are personally invited to an exclusive Facebook group called I am a GSD leader, where we all collaborate on giving value and getting value. So here's the link. Are you ready? It's bit.ly slash I am a GSD leader. So send me a request and let's get going on GSD. The link is bit.ly slash I am a GSD leader. Click join today and start your GSD journey. I'll see you there.
Ellie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. I am so excited. Yay. I just can't wait for you to share your story. Before, though, we jump into the whole, like, founder of Booty Bag, how did you even get this idea? (laughs) I'm just wondering. Yep. I mean, I think those two go together. It's um, not a glamorous story. It was definitely not a pantypreneur, if you will. Um, I totally stumbled upon (laughs) it as an accident. (laughs) Yeah, that was not the path that I was going down, but um, it totally found me. So, like, even before you got into becoming an entrepreneur, like, take us back to childhood and high school. Like, what what's your journey and your path to where you have gotten today? Yeah, for sure. Okay, here we go. Let's jump. Um, <laughs> here it is. So, yeah, I was... 23 years old and I had just moved to a new city and I was a hairdresser prior. My mom was a hairdresser, um, was never good at school. I mean, never good at sport, never good at school. Uh, just kind of felt like I need to do something creative. So went into hairdressing and when I moved to, from San Francisco to Colorado, I was on the path to be a hairdresser. Um, taking clients, living in a new city, and kind of had a lot of free free time on my hands. Birchbox had like just come out. So um, I signed up for Birchbox and I was sipping some wine, of course, and uh, looking at my the Birchbox best. and I was like, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> all, when all good ideas happen, yep. <laughs> wine is involved. Mm-hmm. So I'm, uh, you know, drinking some wine and looking at my Birchbox and I remember loving the idea of getting something in the mail. I was like, hell yeah, it's not a bill. It's not, you know, right? you get nothing in the mail, like unless you buy it for yourself. So I was like, this is like a surprise, but it's like treat to myself. So overall love the concept of Birchbox, but I wasn't a personal user of the makeup. Um, kind of like what I like generally. So love the concept, love the price point and being so naive and, you know, having no idea how hard it is to start a business. Um, I was like, uh, hello, how hard is this going to be? I'm just going <laughs> to put some panties in here in the box and I'll ship them to my friends. Like my friends will love this. Um, so started as a total side hustle that was kind of dedicated to a service that I needed for myself. Like I would enjoy this and I knew my girlfriends would enjoy this. So you know, thinking at the time, and I, I still have my notebook that says, if I get 100 subscribers, I'm going to be rich. This is going to be great. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, my goals were small and, you know, whatever, here we go. So I went the next day and I was at Nordstrom's Rack and I was cutting the tags off of the underwear and writing handwritten notes of like booty bag, um, yeah, from like sale clearance Nordstrom Brack underwear. <laughs> and bringing them to the mail office, packaging them up and the worst packaging ever. I, I think like an envelope maybe. Um, and giving them to my girlfriends. And, you know, back three, four years ago, Instagram isn't wasn't the monster that it is now. Right. So at that time, I think there was like 300 300- like 300 followers was the max 
and people are still trying to figure out like, what is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is this, you post a photo with like no words? I don't get it. But um, I did see like brands kind of starting to use it as a marketing tool. As far as if there's 300 users on Alexa's profile, then 300 people are going to see it. And having no money and no money to put into ads or even think about that avenue, I was like, okay, well, if I send it to enough girlfriends and they generate a post for me, then I can get 300 eyes on my product. Smart girl. (laughs) That simple though. Like from like, I'm just going to go to Nordstrom's Rack. (laughs) I have this crap website that like takes PayPal only and you can't change your address. Like it had misspellings all over. It was so embarrassing. Um, but <laughs> uh, I like got the underwear, you know, put it in a little package. I was handwriting everything, um, little bows. It was, oh, it was terrible. But that's how Booty Bag kind of came in. And talk about, you know, going to market quick. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I was up in 24 hours. So the yeah. boyfriend at the time, who probably thought, what? Are you saying that when I was like, I uh, started a company last night, like I <laughs> basically, <laughs> yeah, I'm basically going to do this thing where I send them panties, like birch box, but like underwear. And he looked at me, he's like, okay, well, what'd you call it? And I was like, booty bag. And I was like, can't call a booty box. That's weird. Right. <laughs> well, turns out booty bag is spelled incorrectly. I grew up in the Bay area and um, booty on all the rap songs had an A in it. So, yep. Of course. <laughs> I'm like yep. booty spelled with an A. So here I am with booty bag URL bot. But I remember it was like 40 bucks maybe to buy it. Uh-huh. And I was like, I can't afford to get the other one. So it was too expensive. So I was like, it's going to stay as booty bag. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. So here I am. Yeah. With booty bag and I'm, you know, sending out products to my girlfriends and, um, you know, just begging for some posts and start getting sales that are not my friends and their friends of friends or their network. Um, and then completely random people just finding us through Instagram. And I had, you know, a hundred (laughs) sales and I was like, I think I'm onto something. You know, my first goal was, was hit. I was rich. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, so I started just really diving in and, um, kind of putting hair to the side while I could and, you know, using that money to also go back into booty bag, but just doing a lot of what is this brand packaging going to need to be? Um, how can I get a better website? And as money came in, you know, I was just reinvesting it the entire time. Um, little by little, right. like I would be able to update something on the site or, you know, get better packaging and eventually, you know, buy better underwear, yeah. <laughs> underwear that wasn't from clearance, clearance. So yeah, it's like evolved of just kind of organic growth through Instagram to then, um, you know, eventually after word of mouth to kind of where we are now, which was all through social media. Which is so interesting. Like, well, first I have, I have two questions. Um, so you were inspired by the birch bot, which is more like, you know, like you said, makeup. And so why panties? Was it because like your own personal, like, I love panties. Like, you know, I know Victoria's Secret, you know, has these, this sale every year. 
Um, but was it more of like, I don't want to run out to Victoria's Secret or I don't want to pay the price or I just, I love getting, I, I totally get it. Like the male thing and you're so right. It's like exciting and almost like this surprise. And those of us who are creatives, I don't know. Have you ever done True Colors, the psychology methodology? No. So I talk about it a ton. It's like one of my favorite things. But those of us who are creatives, we're orange in True Colors. There's four colors. And most people that I come in contact with, a lot of us are orange and we're creatives. And, but typically when we're very passionate about starting something, it's because we don't really know it's a problem yet, but it's something that's not being served and, but it's like for ourselves. And so it's like, well, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this, but I love doing this and I love doing this. So other people, so was that kind of the mentality of like, I would rather do this? Like how, how did you pick panties? (laughs) Well, yeah. Okay. Two things on this, right? First off, I grew up very conservative Christian. Um, never allowed to wear a thong. Like Victoria's Secret was like off limits, right? So, I mean, imagine now, like we're talking Rebel. about at the dinner table. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, but it was like underwear was something to me that I like enjoyed, and like I would go to Victoria's Secret only when they had a sale, and I was like, me okay, too, girl. you know. <laughs> Yeah, right? Like, whatever it was, seven for who knows what. But then you, like, dig through all the bins. You get all your underwear for, like, the next six months to a year. And that was, like, it still kind of broke the bank in a way, right? So it was kind of something that I thought of as far as, like, when I was thinking about what I was going to sell was, like, I could get something in the mail that made me feel good. And it's not, like, a product necessarily. And, you know, when I was thinking about it that way, I was, like, I feel really good when I put on a new pair of underwear that's like makes me feel like I started my day off. Right. You know, especially if you have like a matching set or just, I don't know, like ratty underwear, like really sets the mood bad for your day. Um, Yeah. yeah. And it's affordable in a way of like, when I was looking at price point and what you could buy for, you know, $13, I was like, well, underwear, like that would make, perfect sense on like the price point that I was going for. Gotcha. So there definitely is a backstory to how you chose panties. And then, okay, so you started off getting them at Nordstrom Rack, which I love. And, um, but then the bridge and the gap from going to doing this all by yourself, like pulling off the tags and mailing them out and handwriting the notes. What was the bridge where you're like, okay, I cannot do this. I need some type of like a manufacturer or a design company or like, how did yeah. you make that transition from, okay, I'm doing this Nordstrom Rack and I like need to do this differently. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and I never even knew of a printer, a label printer. So I feel like I learned everything very slow and very hard, but um, I did a lot of it by my girlfriends, like begging them, like in exchange for wine or whatever, you know, it'd be like, Hey, come over, (laughs) we'll watch the bachelor. Oh, and by the way, can you help me sticker these thousand bags? Um, So eventually your friends stop answering your phone calls because they're like, okay, he's going to make me back panties. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And what am I getting out of this? Right. So, um, I, I went through the traditional, like, I'm going to do it all myself because that's what I could afford, you know? Um, 
when you're reinvesting into the business and it wasn't growing like at like this huge maximum scale, it was like very like natural progression. So I didn't have that much money to like put into setting up a fulfillment house or things like that. It just wasn't obtainable. So I, you know, started from friends and friends and family and then moving into like Craigslist. I got a lot of help from Craigslist. Um, I really leaned on interns hard. My first employees were all interns from um, the local colleges around Denver and these girls helped me with social media and in exchange for their time, they got credit. That was huge for me that I, <laughs> at the time, my girlfriends were doing internships and I was like, oh, perfect. So you do free work. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get to meet can, some of you guys. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. you can get hours for it and like graduate. Right. Yeah. And who knows social media better than these girls, right? So um, that was huge. And I just did everything very cheaply and lean. So as I, you know, grew and like leveraging that cheap employment, if you will, um, I was then able to save to then get into the next steps of like using a fulfillment house or buying in bulk for inventory. Um, but I had to kind of, in order to make that progression realistic from a cash flow perspective, I had to kind of do a ghetto. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, it's like when I look back on it, I'm and like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But these are the stories though, where, um, like whenever I met you and then I like, I was like, okay, this chick's got her stuff together. Like, I'm going to look at this. And then when you go back and, you know, even though it's only been a few short years, look at how far you've come. Like just, right. it's like you're passionate about it. You want people to feel what you feel when you get something in the mail. And then, I mean, girl, I did the same thing. It's like my friends and my family, which then it's kind of like, I don't have the same friends anymore, not because they're not great people, but the more I grew as like a business and an entrepreneur, one of the most lonely things was you kind of lose your friends that work like nine to five or they're nannying right. or you don't have anything in common with them anymore and your, your focus and your priorities start to shift and then it's like, right. okay, like you had, I'm sure you had like hair clients and then I was in healthcare and, you know, I had patients and doctors and then you start finding yourself like being more pulled into your own goals. So how was that journey for you? Like, were you just going full speed ahead and you didn't stop and think about it? Or were you like, as you're going through it, it's like, geez, I need to find companies and people to surround myself with that can help me. Is that kind of what happened? Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, so a couple of things off of that, which is interesting that you bring up, which I think is like a big part of my journey as well. Um, let's say like at this time last year, um, when I was experiencing super high growth, um, kind of head down, working on the business, I decided to move from Colorado back to San Francisco. And I got to San Francisco and kind of did a, you know, reevaluation of like my circle of friends, um, kind of the people, what I was doing for fun. And at 26 years old, my girlfriends aren't doing the same thing as I am. Um, I don't feel like they didn't necessarily support me, but it couldn't be the same conversations at the table that were going to help me grow. So 
with that being said, I started kind of like, where to start? I kind of made a huge mess up inside my business that wasn't going to sink my business, but it was pretty damn close <laughs> where mm. I was like, Ooh, baby, if I make one more of these, it, I could lose everything. And, um, you know, just from not knowing what you don't know, and as you grow, the mistakes get bigger and you're responsible for them. And hopefully you don't think the ship along the way, but when you're kind of doing it blindly, it feels like you're alone and totally. you have no idea, idea what's coming. Right. And so I just kind of started tapping into anyone that would, that parents or my parents knew that were entrepreneurs or in business of some sort that I could be like, Hey, like, like do you have five minutes yeah <laughs> um and so I just kind of got turned on to a group of mentors that helped point me in the direction of actually what you had mentioned before EO which is an entrepreneur organization that you like meet up you're all like-minded right you all own businesses and then you meet up once a month in a form a very like small intimate group to kind of talk shop to bring things to the table that are I feel like entrepreneurship is so glamorous, you know, if you, you know, if you're looking at someone's social media, but then there's so much just like lonely, like, how am I going to pay my employees next month? Or, yeah. you know, like I'm running into this issue or I didn't know about my taxes and I owe $150,000, right. you know, things that like, that's not fun to talk about at dinner with your girlfriend. <laughs> so nope. there was this like need of like, and my problem to other people seem like oh poor you you run a business and you know x and it's like no 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 I, this keeps me up all night you don't understand mm -hmm. um so having that group and having that network of people that also go through it they're like oh no worries like everybody's hands raised at the table and was like i've dealt with this before here's how we've you know maneuvered or um gotten out of that situation or, or kept it from happening again and I think those conversations have really a allowed me to feel secure and everyone goes through this and B everyone is just figuring it out. Like I had these high expectations of like, I didn't go to college and I'm behind and I'm learning really slow. And how do I fail faster to like catch up? But everyone is feeling that way at some degree and at some different stage. Um, and everyone goes through all the same things. And you cannot escape without making several mistakes along the way. Like that is like be comfortable failing because you are always failing. <laughs> Just yeah. don't sink the ship. Right. Um, I love saying like, uh, get, well, I'm like, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And, oh my um, God. like we, we use true colors. So our internship program, which I very much like you, um, well, a couple years into when I got into like the creative and the wedding community, I'm like, why do people want to intern? Like, I'm confused. <laughs> like, why do they right. want to do this? And then like TV shows were coming out and it started to become like a very trendy thing. And then I started to realize the same with you, like, oh, they can actually learn and get credit hours and they can help me. But what I really had to learn as a leader is if I don't explain things 
specifically the way they need to hear it based on their personality, they're going to F it up. And like that happened a few times to me that it like probably one of my most costly stories is um, I had a client that wanted, I think there were like 400 guests at this wedding and she wanted like little mini chocolate, like three tier trays. You know, like in other countries, they're um, like their little chocolates and high tea was like really big. And that was big in her culture. And so I go to the chocolate candy store, talk to the manager. I'm like, here's the things I need. I need nine pounds of, you know, I was very specific, like this item. And I think it was going to cost like $300. So I sent an intern with our company credit card to pick up the candy Mm -hmm. and somehow it got from nine pounds to 90 pounds. And she, um, at the time, like my accountant, if something, if our credit card is run, I don't know if you deal with this, but as a business, it's like, I feel like we get hacked a lot, like from traveling and just doing business deals. And, um, I mean, there's better things in place now for security, but back then, cause this was years ago. Right. And um, I, I was I was still teaching gymnastics then, and I was teaching a class, and I like got a voicemail from my accountant, and he's like, "Hey, your the card was run for like I don't know five thousand dollars worth of candy or something." And he's like, "I think it's fraud." And I'm like, "No, the intern went to the candy shop," and the sucky part right. is I couldn't return it because it was effing food, even though it right. was like all packaged. And I'm like, there was a terrible mistake and blah, blah, blah. And I was so pissed because I'm like, Ugh. okay, so I have to figure out, I mean, I can't, I can't charge the client for it. Like in their budget, it said it was like $300 of candy. So I'm like, we're either going to like really try to resell this <laughs> somehow or people are getting chocolate candy. And like, I froze that. Forever. Yeah. Like for gifts and Christmas. And so like, that's one of the stories where people are like, Oh my God, my employee cost me thousands. And I'm like, but if you take a step back and my EO forum mates help me see this because it's like, I had to take a step back and reframe. And they're like, did you give them a receipt? Did you give them a list? How specific were you? And I'm like, no, I'm orange. I'm, I'm creative. I don't often finish my thoughts. Sometimes (laughs) I just expect them to be mine. And um, it, so it's expensive mistakes like that. And that's just one where I'm like, this is my fault because I didn't do X, Y, Z. And I should have been more, you know, I didn't get mad, I, even though I kind of was salty about it inside. I'm like, How, did you really think five grand worth of effing chocolate was normal? But she didn't know. I mean, she had never right. worked like these large events. And so, um, yeah, I could like write a book just on me totally blind spots and it's like also being open and receptive like to that feedback um and so I know that like even if you're not in a business organization that like has the structure again finding your people and the people to surround yourself with is so important and so one thing I remember us talking about in Napa, you were saying one game changer was, and I don't know if we saw this speaker at one of the same EO summits, but you said you had hired a consultant to help you. I think it was like with, I don't remember if it was ads on Facebook or ads on Instagram, Who it was a completely like game changer. So if you can share like, how did you find this person and what was your experience? And 
I mean, you really invested a lot and put a lot out there, um, at least from what I remember from that conversation. And how, like, what were the results from that? Yeah, you know, it's been interesting because, like I had mentioned before, I could only pay for what I could afford. Um, And as I've evolved, you really pay for the quality of work that you get, right? Um, So it's hard to kind of muscle up those first expenses where you're like, this is so much money. But those people are very talented and worth, you know, it's worth it in the end. So, you know, finding those people, I think, using EO, using um, a lot of networking, like any networking event that you could go to, whether you're involved in a creative, like, community space of, like, either WeWork or um, I get involved in, like, any of the WING, which is an all-women's group, uh, like a WeWork. But there's Create and Cultivate. Um, which has a big Facebook group for all women in business, like anything women in business, like try to show up to make it, at least for me, like I try to do something once a month um, and network and like 80% of the time, not worth it. Yeah, 20% of the time, if you just meet one person, um, that is worth it. And so eventually you'll build yourself a network enough where you can't look at all the wasted time, but then the, you know, the few pet, uh, people or connections that you do meet can change your business. And that is what you're looking for. And just know that like, it's kind of a drag. I mean, I don't know if you like networking as much, but um, mm. you know, after a long day of work, you're like, shoot, do I really need to put on these heels and go to this event and, you know, shake hands. But um, it's, it is, at least for me in my experience, what has changed my business. Um, Because going and showing up, making connections, and hopefully in that you've, I've given back to the women that I've talked to or networked with as well. So um, I think really community around that has helped me a lot. And still like when I ever need something now, like I'm going to raise money and now I'm finding myself, okay, Let's network. What networking events do I need to go to? Who do I need to talk to? Who's in my circle? Um, Because those are the people that you trust and they will point you in the right direction. Absolutely. And, you know, community and community involvement is so important. And I mean, I don't know about you, but as a female entrepreneur, especially in the creative space, I feel like we get invited literally if I wanted to go eat and drink for free seven days a week, I could. Um, right. being intentional of who totally. is going to be there, who can I network with, who like now when we go and I'm going sometimes, like I don't go blindly into networking events anymore. Like, I mean, the, the more you have to focus and it's, it's kind of sad and I don't know if you experienced this, but like I was at a networking event recently and they're like, Oh we haven't seen you in like a year. Like you always send your team members and, you know, must be nice. Like you're traveling around the world. You know, it's just everything. They think it's so glamorous. And I'm like, no, actually I've had my head down focusing on three major projects. One of them actually is a co-working women's space that I'm helping with. And And we love the wing, by the way, they're amazing. They've been one of our mentors and learning from them and the membership model and things like that. So huge shout out to them. Um, 
Yep. And then there's other major projects because those of us in the creative industry, we don't, it's, it's harder to plan ahead, especially like in events. Um, like I had a mentor in EO and he's like, well, how many events do you want to do a year? And at what price point is it going to be worth your time? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't ever know how many people are going to call. And it's not like every day that people come and say, Hey, I can spend whatever I want. Like it just doesn't happen. Right. Like that. And he's like, but you have to set goals. And something early on that you mentioned was you had a goal of a hundred subscribers. If they pay X, I'll make X. And so I, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and it's fun to like whiteboard out like what their projections are. And some of them like they think so big and I'm like, let's take a step back. And then some of them think so small. And so I'm like, let's look at the potential of what this could be if you're really focused, but you've got to stay focused. And so right. it sucks sometimes when <clears throat> it's like I finally get out. And people are like, well, I mean, what have you been like? Are you too good to come out? And it's like, no, I, I now we started this whole GSD thing. Like we put our head down and we get shit done. Like if you don't hear from us or yep. see us in three months, like we're getting shit done. And you should be doing that too yeah. if you're a business owner. Yep. <laughs> um, and like there, and there's nothing wrong with that. But also I've learned that letting people see that behind the scenes and seeing like, I've been in my pajamas literally for 25 hours. I haven't showered, <laughs> like right. bringing us right. food because like we're trying to really make a difference. And I think that's something that you were trying to do as well in starting Booty Bag. It's like you wanted to make a difference and you wanted people to feel good when they got something. Yep. So yep. I love that. And going off that mentor piece um, or networking, I like strongly urge women to connect with women. It's been so unbelievable no matter what kind of journey they're in. Even if you like, I've th thought there's no way she'll talk to me. Um, if you just ask, like I have gotten so much support from women in business and if they can't help me solve the problem, pointing me to somebody else. But I personally feel like because of that, I'm, you know, I'm indebted to that as well. And like anytime someone wants to reach out and talk shop or like just complain, like I'm like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> like we got you. Yeah. Um, so I think that. <laughs> right? So it's been really eye-opening yep. because I think asking for help was so hard and I was so embarrassed because I was like, I know this is not good, but I don't know what, how to get where I need to go. Um, but as soon as I was like, here it is, like, what do you think? <laughs> there was so much support and people willing to give you an hour of their time and like, because someone has given an hour of time to them. So I think just knowing like, Hey, I'm going to take this time, but I'm also going to repay that in the, in the future, um, has made kind of asking for time acceptable to me, you know? Absolutely. So going off of, I know that solely, um, you know, being a young woman and being a young entrepreneur, I feel like people assume that you just magically know how social media works and how you can grow people online and you, and then they just buy your stuff, but it's not that easy as you and I know from a strategic standpoint. Um, what are some things that you can share that you have learned? Like I would say, as you said, probably your, your largest audience and eyes is Instagram. 
So what has, what have, are some things that you've learned? Like, oh, this was a good thing that we did this. And then these were some things that weren't so great. Um, because you guys do have an amazing community. Um, and so how did you build that from the ground up? Yeah, you know, it's evolved a lot. And not only because I'm young, but because our community is, you know, larger. Um, I get that question a lot. Like, how did you get there? And I'm like, yo, first of all, it changes all every six months. Like, there's a new algorithm out now. What it used to be, like, it was easy, you know, post. Right. For an eye. Like, it was, there was nothing complicated then but now it's evolved and you know they obviously need to make money and you have to kind of pay to play however something that I'm seeing now in like a shift a pivot shift that we've made as far as um, our Instagram audience goes is two things um, building the community off of word of mouth so using it as like a brand ambassador platform when I because it's so expensive, um, give it, going back to like the traditional of how I built this, of giving free products, we give a lot of free products out in exchange for posts. Um, but we're not talking like influencers of like 100K, we're talking like your everyday girl is getting a bag from us because if she likes it, she will post and she will tell her friends. And that is worth way more than X who has a hundred thousand followers that posts a picture of booty bag and says sponsored ad. Um, so authenticity in who we're giving our product to and generating, um, you know, user generated content from girls that actually like the brand. So we, we, we have used that. And obviously if your product's expensive, like I know there's um, different issues that might come up, but because our product is, more reasonable, we're able to get out a lot of product and it has helped with engagement. It helps with growth and then also ultimately sales as well. So I think that at least for me, I moved away from the free product and was like, we need to get X influencer talking about it and this and this, and it looked cool, but it didn't do anything for sales. Um, so kind of, we have made this pivot shift of like going back and being like, okay, our community is strong because they like the brand. So how can we leverage our community more? So that is something that I've changed for social media as long, like as far as Instagram is concerned. I love that. And how do you guys choose? Because, you know, I'm looking at your Instagram and, um, you know, I love the faces. I love the reactions. I love all the girls. Like, they, it just, you know, you can tell that they're confident and they feel good in it. And they're, like, excited. Like, how do you all choose? Like, do you have contests or do you have people submit pictures? Like, how do you choose all this? <laughs> Yeah, it, well, it's so funny because, like, my whole phone album, like, if I ever go to show a picture, it's, like, butt, right? And I'm, like, oh, weird, <laughs> but these aren't my butts, so right. it's even weirder. Um, yep. But, but um, we get a lot of user-generated content, and going kind of off that community thing, word of mouth, building a community of women that are knowing, like, back up a little bit, but here, but 
I've learned that not everyone's going to love your brand, which it's really, really hard to accept that, especially in the beginning, like, especially on social media, like people are so mean. They are. Um, So Mm -hmm. I feel like we've done a really good job in just honing in who our brand is, um, what kind of girl we're looking for, what kind of feeling that we want them to feel. and, and, And if they don't, then that's fine. There's a million other places they can get their underwear. But um, leveraging these girls to talk about the brand and their user-generated content that kind of comes in, uh, we just, we sort through it and we pick the ones that kind of tell our story or tell our brand identity. And that kind of are cohesive with what we're putting out there already. I love it. So how did you, for people who are listening that, they're like, I keep, because nowadays branding is cool. <laughs> like, it's like a. Yeah, branding is cool. And the, when people are like, what's VI? I'm like, visual identity, meaning they don't know what that means. And so, you know, to you, what does the visual identity mean? And then how did you all identify, like, this is our user audience? Like, was this right. a lot of testing, trial and error? You know, it was at, in the beginning, it was such a strong build um, organically that it was an obvious of who our girl was. And then when I was defining that, when I was learning what brand means and, you know, having to tell that story back to other people or and anyone else that can kind of join the team, I was like, oh my gosh, the brand is me. <laughs> like that's yeah. kind of crazy. Um, so for me and Booty Bag, you know, it was for the girls ultimately that were my best friends and then a service that I needed. So um, it was a really easy way to identify like where, where, what is my best friend doing right now? What is she wearing? I know what she's drinking. I know what festival she's at. Um, So as far as being able to come up with marketing or products around it, it was easy because I could see that person like down to the socks that they were wearing. Right. Yeah. so knowing your brand is one thing and visually knowing like exactly what they're doing, painting that picture. My brand is whatever. Alexa, she's 24 years old. She's at U of A, whatever it is, you know? Yep. Um, but then also it was just as important to be like, this is who my brand isn't. And having that visually and knowing like that's okay. Cause you can't be everything to everybody. <laughs> You can't, at all. no. And right. you mentioned something. Personally or, or in work. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned something how people are mean. And so how, um, how do you deal with that? Like, do you have someone that um, takes care of trolls online? Or how do, how do you just handle that? Yeah, I love the troll conversation because mm-hmm. I wish I could have gotten over it faster. <laughs> um, because I was very, very consumed by it. And like your baby's your brand, your brand is your baby, right? So like mm-hmm. you're protective and um, you want everyone to be nice to it. However, that's not the case, especially on social media. People are just mean. So originally back in the day, like I have known to you know, get on and troll them back. Oh my <laughs> gosh, like, that's Are you great. kidding me? <laughs> you know, under a fake account. I've done that two of course. Or three times, but right, because I was like, Are you kidding? 
how dare you talk I love to me the like honesty. that. <laughs> but realistically now and with a community, like we are just, we're a personality. And, and so we talk to them respectfully, but also, you know, kind of share our opinion or our side and, and do it in a way that um, it's a conversation versus, uh, you know, all being equally mean back to them, right? Like saying, you know, I'm so sorry. Like, this is how you feel. Here was our thinking. How can mm-hmm. we, how could we have made it better? Um, and then because it's a reflection of the brand, but then also other people that are scrolling through can be like, oh, well, they're being sympathetic and they want to hear. And that's really cool. They want to see brands on Instagram, like be a person. Like it's so like, have you ever like ping customer care and it's a robot? That's like so boring. Mm-hmm. and it it doesn't bring value to the brand. So we just let them know. And especially if like we make a mistake on our end, if shipping is late, like we get on there, we're like, hey girls, like, guess what? This is what happened. We're human. It's only yeah. three of us back here. Like give us some support. And um, when we kind of have been honest and real, real about when mistakes happen, um, we have gotten a lot of support and love from our community back. So just being realistic and, you know, being human, like, hey, like shit happens and we messed up and we're claiming it, but we could also use some support from you guys. (laughs) And they're like, oh, I've done that. Sure. We get it. Thank you. So, um, yeah, just also having the brand as a personality and, and being transparent has been huge in helping with like mean people online and also just building community. Yeah. Like, and like you said, I mean, being honest and just communicate, like that is the number one thing that I see in a lot of entrepreneur and a lot of companies that online, it looks like everything is perfect. (laughs) And, you know, people are always just looking at numbers and they're like, well, I mean, how did you get there? And how did you do this? And I'm like, where we are today and where you are today, like don't compare my today to your today. Like it's very different. Um, But the more people can communicate and be honest, I'll tell you, like when we start, when this whole big, um, I remember when Insta story first came out, like I was never a Snapchat person because my, my forum, they were in age and business much older than me. And they're like, my kids are doing it. That's silly. Um, It's just going to disappear. Like, why would you ever use that for business? And so that was kind of my mentality. And then Instagram started to do, started to do stories. And one of my interns at the time, she was like, you know, Angela, people really need to see like behind the scenes, like what we're doing. Like people just don't care about the pretty and I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I would never show that. But like, pe- we sell perfection. And so I, she's like, just just yeah. try it. And so we did. Um, and shortly after that, uh, Fire Festival came out. Did you ever see that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. Power so, of Instagram, baby. <laughs> right? So it's... I, I freaking loved it. I was like, oh my God, I, this is amazing that this happened because it shows people that you can't just show up on a private island and and like throw an event. Like you actually have to hire professionals. And and so then I, right. I didn't even know what FOMO was. Like I had to go, I'm like, what is F-O-M-O? And I'm like, oh, fear of missing out. I guess I don't really have that gene, but a lot of people <laughs> do. That's good. That's really good. So 
okay, I get it now. <laughs> and so right. when we started doing stories and it like disappears in 24 hours, people are like, oh, I want to know what's going on. Like what's happening behind the scenes? Like what shit's breaking and how are you fixing it? And oh, this is actually helping me. And so we've gotten so many clients who are like, we saw how you dealt with this and we loved how you kept it like this. And so we want to hire you because if something like that happens, we want you to handle it, but like be honest about it. So it's really, like you said, being authentic and it's built trust. And it's just, it's so weird to me, but it's so good and healthy. Um, It's just honesty goes a long way in communication. And and I feel like small business, women in business, Anything that's like not corporate, I, especially for the the age that we're targeting, they want to see that. They they want to support mm-hmm. another woman that that could be them in two years. You know, um, they're like what they're. I feel like millennials and younger, and even maybe, at, I mean, almost anyone now would get behind and rally behind small business owners over yeah. you know a, a Victoria's Secret or a corporate. Yeah, totally. So tell us a little bit about your subscribers and your babes. How does that experience go down? Like if someone is a subscriber? Yeah, so it has kind of shifted. But where we are now is that if you are a monthly user, say you signed up a few months ago, you follow us on Instagram. On the first of every month, we release the styles they kind of come through that like first week of the month but we we um tease them in the stories we show them kind of what's coming you're set let's say you're set to an always song bag um but you see another style bag comes out to mix it up and you're like oh i want that one you can go onto your account you can change your style um, and you can kind of shop us in a way because even though you're set up as a recurring subscription, you can kind of get whatever style you want for the month. So it just depends on how engaged you are. Um, and then we have monthly bralettes that feature that are matching with the undies. So you can shop those as well. So we've evolved from like a one pair panty subscription into doing bralettes and matching sets and kind of letting people customize their experience. So if somebody wants a thong, they can choose that. If they like the the boy shorts, they can choose that. It's like not everybody right. gets the same thing every month. Right, right. And um, the groups do. So if there's three style options. If you're an always thong, you know exactly what you're getting. If you're a mix it up, you know exactly what you're getting. If you're the never thong, um, you know exactly what you're getting. So there's no surprises, which I think is huge because a lot of subscription boxes, it's kind of like, the surprise element is the experience where we're kind of pointing you guys, the girls into the social media and kind of giving them the experience of an unboxing before they get it. Gotcha. So how do you choose like new styles and inspiration and um, how many, like, do you have designers? How do you choose the material? If it's going to be cotton, if it's going to be lace, like, how do you figure all that out? <laughs> yeah, well, I am now um, product de- designing, developing, which has been crazy because obviously not my background, but um, using a lot of inspiration from brands that I like, a lot of swim brands, a lot of um, vintage 
older designs that I am looking to kind of like recreate and turn into panties. Also, underwear isn't like trendy necessarily or seasonality. So that's kind of fun. I kind of have a full range of options all the time, but I do use a contract designer to help kind of get those ideas into CADs um, and then develop through my manufacturer. So I oversee all of it and I do almost all of it, but um, it's a lot of designs based on personal style, but then also we all like put it on Instagram and we'll say, Hey, what do you think about this? You know, give them to your point of the behind the scenes, get some voting going on and um, kind of rally the community around what they want to see or what they didn't like about previous styles. I think that's huge too, is just modifying changes based on what your customers are saying. So you ask them, like you ask your audience, what do yeah. you like? What you <laughs> yeah. like and that's how you yeah. change. Yeah. Our girls are like, you know, 24 to 30 and um, on social media, they will tell you anything uh-huh. <laughs> good or bad. Mm-hmm. So, right. Like even when you don't ask their opinion, they're like, oh, I hated that. I'm like, Great. Noted. Um, yep. But we do use that to our advantage because we're like, hey, we heard that you didn't like the style because it rolled. So we put a, you know, a waistband on it. Be, and this is how we solve for that problem. problem. Um, what do you think now? And I, they love the fact that like their opinion matters and that they also get to be involved in that design process um, and that we are making something specifically for this audience. So I think that is huge in the product yeah. de- design and development. I have learned the hard way. So what you think people are going to like and then what actually resonates with people is two different things. And so mm-hmm. I work with some people and I'm like, ask your audience, run a poll. Like, and it's funny because <laughs> almost nine out of 10 people, they'll say, I don't want to ask them because they're all, and I'm like, why are you afraid of what people are going to say? Can you mentally not handle the feedback? Okay, let's step back and reframe. And it's funny because I, I make fun of myself because we're huge on A-B split testing and then asking the audience. And so um, people in my company who think very differently than I do, and I need those people to get to, to where we can actually be profitable and successful. And they'll say, do you want to use this picture or this picture for the ad? And I'm like, well, I like that picture. And they're like, why? And I'm like, I love the client. I love the design. Like I specifically resonated with it. But they're like, right. Angela, uh, we already split test these pictures. And um, 98% of people clicked on this picture because it's more manageable and they can see themselves in that setting where this other setting is so stupid over the top that that's not like the norm. Like people can't see themselves right. in that. And so right. I'm like, why the hell are you asking me this? Like then, but what I learned is like, I had this emotional attachment where it's like, I mean, one of my girls, literally, she's like, do you want to do what you want to do because you don't care what people think? Or do you want to make money and you want to resonate with the audience and make them happy? And I really thought about that. I mean, for th- those are the things that keep me up at night. I'm like, yeah. shit, I want to help right. people. I want them I want to be seen as relatable. I don't want to be seen as some snotty person that only does that. Like, it's just, you start to really evaluate 
And so now I, I really try to work with people to encourage them, like ask and don't be afraid of like what people are going to say. Like they're actually, right. don't take the feedback the wrong way. Um, I've also tried to teach people like, do you use Marco Polo? It's like the video texting app. No, and I don't. I love it. It's just, it's a free app. Several EO members okay. um, in our chapter. Marco Polo. Yes. They, they use it with their companies. They've done um, tests to where they've implemented it. So all of their managers and directors communicate via Marco Polo so people can see your reaction and your face, not just read an email or a text message because things can be taken the wrong way. And so I'm a huge proponent on like people that I coach and consult with, like let's uh, communicate through video. So if you have some feedback, let, it's just, ah, it, it's a softer, more yep. emotional way. Yeah. And so I've really, right. and also too, by us encouraging that it gives us content and we ask people like, can we share this? And it's funny because people will say no more than they say yes. And I'm like, I was going to say, yeah, mine would Why? be no. Yeah, I know. And, and, and it's okay, but their, their feedback still helps. Their videos help. And then totally. I, what's been so amazing for us is when people actually, so they'll send us videos and, and like in our agreement, they're like, no, please do not share. Keep this private. That's fine. And then in a year, they look back and they see where they've come. And then they'll say, okay, I am confident. I know what I'm doing or I feel like I know way more than I did a year ago. So you can share those videos now. I'm comfortable. I'm confident. I'm ready. I'm ready for the feedback. And then when we're able right. to share those and show the, the, just people being vulnerable, it's like that really helps their business like skyrocket because people are like, oh my God, I had no idea that those were the struggles and the things that you had to go through behind the scenes. Cause you, again, you don't know. What you're right. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, this has just been such a good, good talk. One last question. Um, yep. I know that you have, a, you can like gift a booty bag. So around, do you see any peaks in like around the holidays? So Valentine's Day, Christmas, things like that. Do you find that a lot of people give the gift of like prepaying for the underwear subscription? Like how is that? Yep. Um, it, I can just see people getting very excited about that. So give us some experience sharing on that. Yeah, the gifting. Um has never been huge for us because it kind of it's not as prominent on the site and the experience kind of around social media is like treat yourself um however we do get a lot of gifting you know for valentine's day and for graduation and um definitely around christmas for holiday because we hear from people like oh it's cool because you got like one booty bag but then the next month another booty bag comes and then three months later you're still celebrating that anniversary or um that birthday and it's just a little you know 13 dollar cost but it's an experience for that person for a couple months and they really enjoy that and it also is something to look forward to for them so it's cool to see it as a treat yourself um aspect and like you know, feel empowered in your panties, but then also this, like, I love you. I'm thinking of you. My booty bag just arrived. Thank you so much again, you know, six months later. So that's fun. That is awesome. So for anyone listening that is not a subscriber or they don't know anything about the brand, what is the first step to them really getting to know 
what you guys offer. What would you, I noticed that you have an email list and obviously an awesome Instagram, like, but what is the first step that you really see people being introduced to the brand? I would say a hundred percent, you know, just are following us on social media, um, Instagram, booty bag. And um, you get to know the brand on there as far as like the design and the development and the pools and the community of the girls, like giving us their honest feedback on, you know, the pairs or asking us like, hey, where's my tracking and like solving their problems on comments um, and getting a real idea of like how we work internally and then also the product that we're delivering monthly. Um, so you could do that and you can follow it. And then when you see something that you like, you know exactly what bag it's coming up in and so you can sign up for that um that specific one or you can just sign up for the subscription online and same same thing it would take you through a flow of showing you the exact pair that your first bag would be in that is awesome so it's booty bag and it's b-o-o-t-a-y bag.com yep (laughs) yep exactly the silent a (laughs) and i love the story about how you got it there because I'm so from that generation too where it's like I mean some of these rap songs I'm like my parents let me listen to this stuff like I just oh, like the beat my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what right. it I had no idea what they were saying yeah it was so right. funny <laughs> but thank I you. used to try to tell my mom that Kanye West was Christian you know so I could listen to his like Jesus comes or whatever song. yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just our, 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 that, that sweet generation um, was great. Right. But now I love that we know the reasoning behind why it's spelled. I mean, sometimes it's like you said, it's literally well, the, it's taken or it is, um, uh, you can buy the URL for like $30,000. <laughs> Um, right, wasn't happening. Could, <laughs> right, no, or you could spell it the way that you think it's spelled, and that makes a great story. And I just I resonate with that so much because I'm not a great speller. And yeah, um, but thank you so much for your time today, Ellie. Of thank course. you for your story and everyone that is listening. Be sure to check out bootybag.com. And if you're a gentleman listening, know that your wife, your sister, that may be weird, um, but tell them about it. Share it with a friend because it really is exciting to get something in the mail and also treat yourself. So thank you so much, Ellie. I hope that everyone has a great day and be sure to tune in next week to another episode of Business Unveiled. Have a great day. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. And I'm so very grateful if you leave a review. Be sure you are a subscriber so you never, ever miss the juicy details of Business Unveiled. Also, be sure that you are part of my email list. And if you're not, sign up today at AngelaProfit.com, where I share valuable resources and exclusive products with only my subscribers. Now, before I go, I want to ask you, if you have a story or a product to share with the creative industry, please let me know. To be considered as a guest on Business Unveiled, visit AngelaProfit.com and submit a podcast guest form. Until next time, remember to stay productive and profitable. 
You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit AngelaProfit.com.